point in waiting any longer. So let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, we're starting the show immediately because our guest has a hard on at 2.30. Wow. That means a hard out. Like, he has to be out of here in 45 minutes, and I love this guy. So, we're starting immediately. I do have one kill me now moment that I have to tell you that this person reached out to me, a theater person, like a producer, and mo- a couple months ago to, to have drinks, you know, wants to meet with me. Mm. And we pick a date. Tonight at six, and this morning, um, can you do um, Thursday instead? And I'm like, sure, but it might be a little later because I have to shoot something that day. And then, uh, okay, and then, okay, he's gonna give other dates. Like I didn't work tonight. Like I didn't put in for fucking spots <laughs> yeah, tonight. Yeah, right, right. Fucking shit. <laughs> oh god, scheduling. Um. Today our guest on yeah. Kill Me Now is the one, the only Kevin Allison, yeah. who has an amazing podcast called Risk, who uh, has an incredible life that we're going to have to talk really fast. Well, we can have a part two with this one. Oh, yeah. Can we do part one and part two? Sure. Cool. Yeah, because you're you've got a you life. You got a fucking amazing <laughs> life. Um, For Kevin Allison, by the way, um, grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh God, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, Kevin. Guess what? So Bill Clinton was downstairs. Right? Oh yeah. So Today? I'm I'm always late. Okay. So uh, Hennessy decides that he's going to tell me what like 20 minutes before that I have to be here even though I was on time because I'm trying to be on time the all the time, time. Uh-huh. and I come on time and fucking miss Bill Clinton <laughs> and I was even I was early I fucking hate you okay and he might have remembered me from when I performed for him and I did stand up comedy for him as well <laughs> I'm sure he knows all right, get whatever so so Kevin you um, just so you know Kevin started this whole risk thing but was a member of a very successful TV show. Yeah. Uh, which really put you on the map and also made you fucking mentally ill. So, yeah. um, <laughs> which it can do. Yeah. So, Kevin, you grew up in Ohio, Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. Very, very sheltered Catholic, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and knew I was gay from the beginning of consciousness. Now, that is something I also knew. Yeah. Uh, that you were gay. No, I oh. also knew <laughs> that I was gay. I remember way back knowing okay there's something different yeah um i want to put on my father's clothes i <laughs> don't want to play with dolls i want to play with race cars i want to mow the lawn i don't want to do the dishes i want get out not uh, it was just that i didn't there was nothing in me that i'd rather play with the boys and not the girls yeah. you know um and then when you're an adolescent, then you go, oh. But it's different when you're a Jew and a Catholic. Yeah, well, and also I grew up in a, in a very like working class sort of neighborhood right. where the kids were kind of vulgar and the kids like kind of knew shit. So right. kids would use the word fag and gay right. so regularly that literally I was five when I was like, oh, wait, that is me. The, right. I am those words. So right. I was terrified. I went to kindergarten, and I was so terrified that people right. were going to find out that I liked boys. And then we're waiting in line to go into kindergarten first day, and someone points to my red hair and is like, uh, why, is, why are you orange? And someone else said, oh, it's red like the head on the dick of a dog. And everyone started laughing, and I was like, thank God. They're distracted by the red hair. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Don't make fun of me for that. I love red hair. I fucking love red hair. I've wanted red hair always. Um, So, do you have siblings? I have four siblings. Right, because you're Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Who was the religious one of your parents? Both, both. Really? My mother always compared herself and had photos of herself looking a lot like Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. Right. That was an obsession. My father is this very, my father, very sweet, actually. Very much, you know, like marched with Martin Luther King. Right, right, right. So they were definitely like Kennedy Democrats. Right. Um, But as far as sex went... 
totally, you know, like could I remember I was telling someone this the other day. My mother, when I was like in high school, found out that one of her best friends had been been beaten by her husband for years. No way. And, and they were getting a divorce. It was a total shock. And I remember she was driving me to soccer practice or something like that. And she said, you know, I can finally see how divorce might be called for. Wow. That was so outside the scope of what my mom was taught by That's, the Catholic Church. That it was shocking to her. witnessed her evolution I in that I think moment. that the Jesus. amazing part of that story is that she was driving you to soccer. <laughs> <laughs> that was my front. That Rally? was my front. Were you a good soccer oh, player? I tr- no. I, w- I was one of the, f- what do you think, a fullback? So I right, was just right. kind of standing. I played field hockey. <laughs> I played field hockey in seventh grade. Um. Uh, so you're in uh, Cincinnati. No other siblings are gay. No. And no. what's your gay thing? Like, uh, like what did you turn to? Like, kids now, of course, can go and look at gay characters all over the place. And right. That they can have a life. You but, know, it's interesting. Like, I... Charles I, Nelson Riley. No, uh, go ahead. No, I was big into listening to musicals as a kid. Right, that, that right. was in it. Like I discovered Jesus Christ Superstar when I was about seven. I <laughs> love Jesus. You know, oh I started God. playing Jesus Christ Superstar on the piano at like you know eight or whatever, and my and I was like, I don't know how to love. I like I loved it, and my mother's <laughs> like, and I'm like, how 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 does that sound? Very nice. I like little did she know. Um, yeah, yeah so, I remember. I that was my favorite song right and once i was performing i was being crucified on the floor you know and performing right, it right, for right. myself and one of my brothers walked in and started making fun of me and i was so upset that i took a penny and scratched that song off <gasps> the record and then it was like look what you made me do to right, what right, i love right and it was very clear uh, something's a little dramatic so about this. So, what kid. number are you of these children? Of I'm these number five four ch- of five. Okay. Yeah. Is five a woman or a man? Uh, uh, Girl woman. or boy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the two of us fought like cats and dogs, and four are and now five? the closest. Yeah, right. four and five fought like. What cats are and one, dogs. two, and three like? Um. Well, you know, it's interesting. Like, my brothers both are on, you know, one in New York, one in San Francisco. It's my sisters who stayed home. So I guess, you know. It's Cincinnati. Yeah. Like, one of my sisters is quite liberal, and the other is, like, maybe liberal in her general beliefs, but still very, very Cincinnati. You know, very, very traditional and home, homey. So um, were you popular in high school? You know, it's interesting. I actually was. I I became that class clown thing in order to make the weirdness within okay. So it's called a coping mechanism. Oh, yeah. 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 My journal was passed around. I went to an all-boys high school, St. Xavier High School. My journal got passed around when I was in junior or senior year. Wait, how did they get it? Oh, someone just ripped it off or something like that you were the jesuits had you keeping journals for your spiritual growth you know and for them to jerk off yes probably and this was just loaded with stuff about being gay and someone some honorable upstanding young man brought it back to me he was like i I got this away from some guys to give it to you because i there was enough like wow i was big in the musical theater program so enough people kind of liked me to be on the defensive for me what you're in catholic school yeah and you know you're gay yeah now were you ever molested by no you know it's i don't you feel bad that you weren't no sorry go ahead <laughs> well it is hilarious i even went to choir camp at the right. royal school of church music where you, you were know, asking for it no, wait, there are stories in the papers right. i've read about since right. then about some of the places where but yeah and it, it's interesting like I joined this choir group when I was 10. Uh, The choir director was definitely gay, brought us up to New York City. And okay, this is 1980. He was like, we're going to stay with this other choir director living in Chelsea. Right. And 
all of his friends were so fabulous. The, the skin-tight, white polyester right, suit. Right, right, right. One of them was this, this guy with a huge afro. His How name was Robert you? Love. I'm 10 years old. Okay, you're 10 years old. And, and these are gay men listening to disco and smoking weird-smelling cigarettes amongst right. us kids, you know. And you're at, how did you get to this Chelsea? <sighs> oh, that we, we, it was choir camp. We were performing <laughs> at one of the cathedrals in town. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh... D- and you knew I knew what was going on but nothing ever happened with me uh, you know another thing is this has come up be, be, there are a lot of stories of child molestation that are told on my podcast right. risk and what's interesting is like I was always attracted to guys my own age so I did a lot of exploration with like friends. Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm I'm kidding. Kidding. I mean, when I was that I age. I know, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No one's getting my fucking jokes today. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so I was never like... I, I think that if an older man did approach me, I was savvy enough to be like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I'm totally on top of what's right, happening. Right, here, right, you right, right. So I, I think I might have been able to cut them off at the past. Just Do you with think my anyone tried no or, all right. no i don't think so do you know i wasn't i wasn't the best looking kid uh, but, to, we're, <laughs> but, you're a but do you know anyone that you went to school with that it happened to no i don't actually you know it's fascinating to me when friends tell stories on risk right. because people will be like well yeah i did try to murder my mother or something like no that no fucking like, way okay i did not know that about you wow, yeah, yeah yeah oh my god no way oh yeah there have been some a woman just shared a story. It's going to be on in a couple of weeks. She found out her father was into cannibalism. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, Whoa. Yeah, yeah. She discovered books and she was fed something once where she no! was like... <laughs> that is so fucking disgusting. Tune in. Tune in Tune to in risk. To risk to... I can't do the show now because I don't have any cannibalism. I've shit. been so curious. Haven't you ever been curious though? Everyone's always of what, of what human tastes like. Just no, like, I have not. I eat my cuticles. That's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Ugh, disgusting. Okay, so um, you go, you then go to college. Yeah, yeah. My first couple of coming out experiences were actually really wounding. I it, when I was so. In, did you have any sexual experience? Oh, yeah. in, in high school. Oh yeah, or in grade j- school and high school, I did stuff with with a. It, I, I the thing I would always say, wouldn't it be funny if we took off all our clothes? Right, right, yeah. right. So I was I was rather manipulative. Now, did cool. you did any of those people turn out to be gay? Uh, no, no, actually. And, uh-huh. you know, I, and, and of course, you know, it would be awkward to talk to them now about right. it. Yeah. Like, well, hey, kids are always when... doing that stuff with each other. And... Right. But I'm just. Whatever. Yeah. So, um, all right. You graduate high school and then. And then I go to NYU right. where I meet all the members of the state. Now, what was your family like when you were like, I'm going to New York? Oh, it was weird. I waited until uh, the week or maybe two weeks before going off to New York to tell my parents no I way. was gay. Yeah. And you know what? I, I came out to myself when I was 12. So mm-hmm. my mom was like, well, if you knew when you were 12, for sure, why didn't you tell us? And I said, because you would have said you're 12. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I, I set my mom and my dad. And I wrote out a speech on big index cards. Right. And I did not take my eyes off the speech. I read it to them. And it had questions and answers that they like questions you might have and the answers I'm giving you. And it ended with here's the name of a psychiatrist if you have a problem oh with all God. of this. Oh my God. No. What an, do you have those cards? I don't. Oh Fuck. my God. I know. The thing Do you remember the, anything? No, not really. I mean, you, you know, you could probably conjure it though. Just put yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, I was so, so filled with Catholic talk right. that I'm sure it was mostly about how I truly believe that it's you know. So when you got into NYU, yeah. right, uh, which is so expensive. Yeah. Um, did they pay for it? Your parents. I had so many different scholarships and loans. Right. Yeah, but my parents did end up paying for it eventually in the form of all the loans. And right, stuff right, like right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a week before. Uh-huh. And did any of your siblings, the three above you that are older than you, go to college? Oh, yeah. But, uh, everyone went to college. But they didn't go to New York. Right, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So I was, I was the special one in right. that way. Was it always in your family like... 
oh, well, you know, Kevin, you know, like oh, yeah. that. Because that's, I was the identified patient in my family. Like, yeah. well, she's out of run. And it's like, no, you're all out of your fucking mind. Right, right. Yeah. right. The, there was definitely a recognition that I live in my own universe and right. that, and that, you know, some of the rules that apply to some of the other kids, they just give me a free pass right, right. on. Yeah, yeah. So you come to NYU, you're in the village, mm-hmm. you're 18 years old, mm-hmm. you're gay. My very first stop was Central Park to look for gay sex. So at that's 18. about 1988, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And AIDS is very. Oh, it was yeah. so in your face. Act Up was huge. Right. Uh, I attended huge. a few meetings yeah. and marches when I was in college. So, right. So I never, like, it's so interesting now to deal with so many younger people with the whole condoms issue. I'm like, I just, it, it was never even, there was no thought about not using condoms. That's, I, I talked to you know, young gay guys now too. And it's and, I, very, and I'm like, like, do you fucking understand? Yeah, like they you just insist be, on yeah. They don't it's like if you had been around it's, you know, New York, you can't talk about it. Well another um, problem another problem <laughs> is that guys who are doing without condoms now right. are like spreading gonorrhea right, and herpes right. and, and everything there's else. A, an, a flare up of HIV as well. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm it's, sure. It, Watching my friends and watching these young people get sick mm. and die, and yet these kids now are like, and I mean, look at how far we came. We came really far with no help from the government, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, making this a terminal illness. But you know, fuck you, oh you know, God. for if you don't wear a condom, you take us back, and there'll be another strain of it. You yeah. fucking assholes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're going to Central Park. And having yeah. anonymous sex. Now, like, how many nights a week would you... Well, you know, at first when I was in college, it was just randomly here and there. The limelight was Oh, this... yes! <laughs> I used to go to the limelight, yeah. They used to have, if you walked up to the bell yeah. tower, there was sex going on up there. But I was never engaging in anal sex. It was right. always just, like, blowjobs or rimming and right, stuff right, like right. that. Right, right, right. Oh, um, hi, kids! The fun stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Have you heard of uh, ThreadUp? I love ThreadUp. I love secondhand stores. Yeah, I know I know that you love secondhand stores, and you told me that you um, buy your winter clothes in Maui, which is really a good place to buy winter clothes it's actually a perfect place to buy winter clothes because you go to the secondhand stores on maui Mm -hmm. and all of the tourists and people that decide they want you know to move there they get rid of all their winter clothes Mm -hmm. and they take them all to the secondhand stores so it's a perfect and then you get them cheaper but here's the thing i can't always go to maui right so wouldn't you rather do it quickly on the internet yes i would intranet i would love if hawaii was you know far enough along to be able to (laughs) But, you know, sometimes, like, uh, you want to get, like, designer clothes. Like, if I'm going to get a something secondhand or gently used, as they say, I it has to be well-made and, like, good designers. Absolutely. And my kids do that, too. You know, like, they'll buy, like, sneakers or, like, a used fucking hoodie. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but um, you can go on ThreadUp and T-H-R-E-D up dot com. Slash Judy. This really slash is. Slash Judy. And you get 40% off your first order. Uh, truly, everything there is up to 90% off already. So you're right. getting 40% off of 90% so off. I mean, just go and order a whole bunch of shit so that you can get this big deal on a huge order. And get some clothes. for. I mean, summer's going to be No, but you here. can also get, it's not only clothes. It's like they have Stuff from Coach, shoes, handbags, free people, Lululemon, uh, J. Crew, Zara. They have Valentino shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Valentino shoes are like a thousand dollars, and you'd get them for like a hundred, and then you get forty percent off. You get them for sixty dollars. A thousand dollar shoes. I mean, that's ridiculous. And I, w- I was checking out the woods. So much of this stuff has never been used. Right. Ever. It's brand new 
uh, brand new styles. Everything is really up to date with what's hip and cool I'm right going now. On, I'm actually going on thread up today. It's I'm not so kidding. Because I need some clothes. I need, there's like certain things that I, and I don't want to go out. I don't want to spend, you know, money retail. And I don't want to spend the time. When I could just shop at home. Especially New York City. I know. It's, it's a nightmare. This is perfect. Especially, you know, you're a New Yorker. You're going to always be tight on cash. But if wherever you're into, you are, like, if like you're an it, American. If you're into shopping secondhand, which I know a lot of people are. Mm. I mean, a lot of people. When I go, oh, my God, I love that. And they're like, oh, I got a secondhand Remember when people used to make fun of it? And now it's like the chic thing to do. Right. Now it's cool because the whole thrill of it is getting the deal. Yeah. And now you can get the deal sitting in your apartment. Yeah. And so, or house clothes wherever that, you live that may not have even ever been used. Right, you don't have to dig through that. The part, the, the shitty, the great part is getting the deal. The shitty part is going through everything. Hours you need to set right. aside. So it, this is like the greatest thing, it and is. it's like all cool, uh, trendy, like really hot kind of stuff. I'm going on there right now. Threadup.com slash Judy for an extra additional forty percent off. It's already ninety percent off. Use code Judy. That's like 9, 10, 11, 12. That's like 130%. You're basically making money by shopping right, here. Right, right. They're paying you. Yeah. Go go get yourself, get, you know, one of your buddies that knows how to stylize you and, 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 if you're, and go through the, if, the website. And you know that our president is not into the EPA, right? <laughs> and knows? and most clothes that are not used or thrown out go into landfills. Mm-hmm, that's true. And now you can wear them on your body. Yeah, let's, I mean, help the and world. And you know it's like always like some rich person who's like, oh, I bought these. And you know what? I put them on and I didn't like them. And how, know, how, I mean, how many pairs of, you know, pants or coats do you have sitting in your closet with tags still on them from oh, when you still got them, you know? Well, and now, now these are, I mean, these trends are coming back around. So. Yeah, that's right. So go to threadup.com slash Judy. With get code a- Judy also. Oh. Threadup.com slash Judy, code Judy. Oh, well, whatever. Promo code J-U-D-Y, all caps, okay? And you will be very, very happy. And sexy. I get the last word. So, um... You you are in the theater program. Well, I was studying film, actually. It's right. so funny because within like two weeks, I was like, oh, everyone here is so butch and right. into cinematography. And right. I, I'm not going to be a director. Right. There was so much like masculine and, and just outright like misogyny right, right there course. in Hello? the film school. Yeah, it was ridiculous. We had a, a teacher called Bor... Maybe I shouldn't you say You can his say name. it. His name was Boris Fruman, and a young lady showed her class like on the first week. <laughs> That's a Jew bell, anytime you mention a Jew. All right, go ahead. <laughs> like the first week some young lady shared her, her movie, and he was like, yeah, you should stick to working in the kitchen. Huh. No fucking way. Yeah, in a thick Russian accent. You should buy, is he, um, did he vote for Donald Trump? Oh All right, so... God. Um, so you move God. out of the film school. Yeah, so so the state formed when I was a freshman at right. NYU. Uh, this comedy group, 11 people, which is an absurd amount, amount right. of people to have in a group. Right. Uh, I was the only gay one, weirdly enough, because there were lots of guys who seemed kind of right, gay right. in the group. There was only one woman, which was also a strange right. dynamic. Oh, hello. Um, and uh, all white as well. And how did you get into this comedy group? I actually deliberately said I saw their first show was just amazed Where by the was energy. It? it was at it was on the seventh floor of seven twenty one Broadway in NYU, right. you know, little black box theater. The audience was so psyched, right. like, as if they had seen this before, and it was the group's first right. show. Right. And there was just such an energy in the room. And I said to a friend of mine, "I'm going to get in that group if it kills me." And my friend was like. You because I have a very like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of personality. So I said, I am going to stalk my way into that group. I started following Joe Latrulio, a member of the group around school because he was hot. I, 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 was curious if there could ever right. be. And he was drop adding into a class. And I was like, I'm going to drop add into that class too. Right. So I got into class with him and just started like making a point of hanging out with him. And one night he invited me out with all the other members of the state. I was like, this is my end. Right. I got really, really drunk. It's at a bar in the East Village. Took off all my clothes. No. And sang a wailing song uh, walking around the bar with a raised glass of 
Shakespeare. <laughs> I just made up a whaling in, song. Right? And yeah, and they were like, you're crazy. <laughs> Hang right. out with us more often. <sighs> so yeah, yeah. I knew that was an audition even as I was right, doing right, it. Right, right, Yeah, yeah. So you get in uh, yeah. to the slate and the other members, do you, do you want to... Mentioned oh. some of their names. Yeah, well, you know, uh, Michael Ian Black. He's right. he's doing the Bell House show in April, April 9th. The I Risk love Michael. Show. Yeah, yeah, he's we great. Did, we did um, what call it? Jim Gaffigan show together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. David Wayne directs a lot of stuff like Wet Hot American Summer. Right, right. Um, Tom Lennon and Ben Grant uh, were, and Carrie Kenny were all in Reno nine one one. Right. So yeah, there's a lot. So of... well, but you're getting ahead. Uh huh. Because I, you are, I want to get to like you're in this group and you're the only gay. Yeah, and you feel it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It was weird because all the guys had to prove that they weren't. That right, they, right. They, they all grew up being called musical theater fags, right? So they felt this kind of need to be making fag jokes, right, right. And you know, Carrie, because they will also make misogynist jokes, right. And she was just great at at coming right, right back, back at, and yeah. nailing everyone, and, right. and the room just falls like, oh, right. okay. But I was not good at that. I'm not good at confrontation. I'm very much like my father, just like a peacekeeper kind of guy. Right, right. So if a fag joke would come up, I would just kind of bluster and silently walk away. You know what I mean? It was not, it, it was, I didn't have the ego to compete so well in that group. Well, you didn't, I mean, here, you know, you didn't, you probably never experienced it like I'm the token gay and she's the token women. Right. And we're all Guys, yeah, you know, yeah. and entitled. Oh, and we and, can, you know, and she took on w- the one of the guys kind right, of right, role right. as well. You know, like in the way that she thought of how how to handle herself. Well, in the you know, I read yeah. when I was reading about you, I, I felt like similar in the fact that I would go to the clubs, at, and um, I was already with my ex at the time, but. You know, I would go out every night to do sets because I wanted to be a great comic, you Mm. know, but I was never um, in the click. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I'd go home um, and I'd do other things, but it was like I I didn't fuck any of the comics. I was never like taken under anyone's wing, you know, know, where they, I mean, the only people, Margaret Cho and Rosie uh, are really. The only people that, you know, gave me jobs and now Allie Wentworth. Mm-hmm. But and it's women who've given me mm. work. Yeah. Um and it, it's just it, I just remember that feeling like I'm I'm not I'm a little removed. Yeah. And I can't oh, God. I'm not I'm not in your little clique or like how do I get in, but I'm not like you. Like Ugh. I can't yeah. it's such an uncomfortable feeling because you're in but you're not in. It is, and if you look back at your past, you probably like mine it, my reaction is, Oh, if I could do it all over again, like people are like, What would you do differently? And I'm like, Well, I guess I would have tried to have been a lot more social and right. a lot more, you know. I don't know, networking and yada, yada, yada. I know, I was always, you know, I was always friendly and, and, but I never, like they, like the thing was that they would like go out with like important people or like become friends with important people. Exactly. And then those people would help them. Right. And I'm like, what's wrong with me that I can't fake a real, I can fake Right, a relationship with these. Absolutely, you know what I mean. I, I was always terrified of agents and managers and executives, and I guess I never really put together that what those people want really is to have fun times, drinking and hanging out with the creative people. Right, you know what right, I mean? Right, and that that's where the moving forward really happens. Right. But yeah, I'm totally with you. I was like, oh my god, I'm not quite comfortable in that role, and and right. and, yeah, and and it also comes from my family. That, I, I think that I grew up the odd man out in his own universe, all that sort of thing. So yeah. I brought that same totem pole dynamic into being a but member. But I of the also state. felt like anytime I would let a person in, yeah, they'd screw me over. You know, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, you'd yeah. be like, oh, but I liked you when I was trying to be. And they were like, oh, it's all business, you right, know? Right, right. And you're like, oh, fuck. I thought you were a human being. Right. You know what I mean? I couldn't fake the, 
I couldn't fake the, you know, yeah, we're really close and let's get our pictures taken and we're going to be in the tabloids. Yeah, and, there's you know. no counting on people being human and, and friendly the whole way through. Right, but it was so funny because in the guy, in our in comedy in the 80s and 90s, it was the guys that yeah. would always help the other guys. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, would there be Kevin James without Ray Romano? Right, you know? right, right, um, right. And... and it, there was a lot of that, yeah. you know? And what? those guys didn't understand queerness at all. So if there's a right, queer woman or a right, queer man, right, right. they don't know what to do with you. Right. They don't realize that they don't have to do anything with you. Right. Well, my contribution to the state was always, okay, now a little something from the totally whacked out queer guy. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, like, And that was great. Right. That was super, super fun. That, you know. So wait, so you get into this group. Yeah. So, but you had planned it out. So that was one thing you did that. That really good. worked. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So you get into this group mm -hmm. and are you. You're feeling like the odd man out. Yeah. I always feel like the odd man out, too. Yeah. Um, but you're getting, you know, you're in. Oh, yeah, yeah. The group, the thing about the group, it was 11 people and it was super competitive. Right. Super, so because, you would pitch to one another. Right, exactly. So does, if people don't know, this was on MTV. Yeah. It was uh, on, uh, it was, we did 30 episodes for MTV. Right. Yeah. And all sketch comedy, you know, um, our heroes were Monty Python right. and early SNL. And we never had comedy training. That's a right. funny thing. Like nowadays, everyone's got an education right, in right, comedy. Right, we were right. just going from instinct. So it was, there was a real authentic friend energy happening that you right. could read between a little bit like you can see that in Kids in the Hall or right. or, or Mr. Show from yeah. around that same era. Um, so yeah, it was very fun it, but there was that thing where whoever wrote the sketch got to cast the sketch. And here's right. the thing. In any group, people have different talents. Like right. some people are just going to be better writers than others right. and can just kind of like piss the stuff out. Right. So naturally, those guys just rose to the top and became powerful and were constantly casting so themselves. So it was, there was a click within the click. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There was definitely a, once the doors are closed, you can see that so-and-so knows to get friendlier with the producers. Right. And, hey, and I'll vote for your sketch if right. you vote for mine. It was mine. like, I remember... Because you get a feeling, you get the feeling. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, it's you know, it's a familiar feeling of oh, I see what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, but watching it happen, it's so, and you want to go when you see someone sucking up, you know, to yeah. get. It's yeah. so infuriating when they succeed, <laughs> and you're like, but I have integrity, I have integrity, and it's like, right. Why didn't I have a little less integrity, you know? Um, so there were stories. I read stories. Um, by the way, uh, you're recurring. The show was listed as one of the 100 greatest shows of all time mm. in Rolling Stone, by the way. Last That's year. awesome. Yeah. Um, what are you doing on your phone? I'm uh, Facebook living. Oh, whatever. It's, it's all has to do with the show. I'm not. Uh, I'm not texting. Because you're doing the nodding. He's nodding and oh looking at his phone, God. which is so fucking annoying. Um, so you're on the state, and your your popular recurring sketch was the Jew, the Italian, and the redhead gay. Yeah, which was kind of a coming out sort of thing. Right. We. But you came out in '94, which was mm -hmm. pretty early. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like because I, I I've often said on the show. Um, I came out like probably 96, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, 95 mm -hmm. for sure because I had a kid. But um and I was like, "Oh, and I'm not fucking." I was I was never in, but I really was like, "I'm gay," you know. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> and then we were embraced as the, you know, "Oh, wow, like come help us." And now it's like, you know, so-and-so who's been in the closet for 30 years decides to come out right, and they're right, a fucking right. hero. Right, you know? right, 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 right. So you come out, you're doing that, and it, these are three superheroes. Well, we, it was basically David Wayne, Ken Marino, and I sat down. We said, we've never written a sketch before. Right. What could we, what's a sketch that only the three of us could be in? So we decided that and we just... Were you the three that would never get approved? Like, so you would go and pitch a... a uh, 
uh, a sketch and and everyone had a vote it's right it's funny david was kind of that way it, it, he would write the most ridiculously absurd sketches that you know didn't make a lot of sense and i loved them right and he just never gave up the group would not vote for his sketches for a couple of years and he wouldn't give up until he right. finally wore everyone down and and i i look back and i'm like wow i should have really taken more of a, a lesson from him to just never give up never you know just keep facing that rejection yeah and no one could how would you get did anyone get kicked out or yeah we had what we would call uh uh, midnight meetings. You know, it started in college, where, right. where you know we would all be like, "Well, we'll, we'll be drunk enough around midnight. Let's call someone in and kick them out of the group." I mean, it was it was at, which created in the group this feeling of uh -oh, I might be next. Right. Um, yeah. that, that's horrible. Yeah. And MTV, by the way, gave us the same sort of overall message. Like they were never super super. Oh my God, we're so thrilled with you guys, and here's to your continued success. Right. Instead they would say things that would insinuate you guys might not be here tomorrow. Right. You know what I mean? Which, I hate which, that. Yeah. And that they jerked off to that, too. Right. <laughs> um, so you're in the state. Um, th there was one sketch I, I read that you... They kept saying no, no, no. So you decided to go out and film it yourself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the Taco Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Da David, me, and uh, Michael Ian Black wrote this sketch about a uh, the the mailman is has stopped delivering the mail and is just delivering tacos to everyone instead. <laughs> and it was absurd. And right. the group we, we pitched it and it got three votes. The three of us who right, wrote right. it. So David was like. Listen, we're doing this big, big, big budget sketch next week that none of us are cast in. Right. Let's show up for moral support for everyone, but we'll just go to someone's house in a nearby suburb and ask if we can use their front lawn and shoot right. this sketch on a super cheap, like, home video camcorder. And we made it, and the group was like, okay, it's really funny. And now it's one of the best known sketches we've ever done. And, and they said fucking no. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Um, okay, so you have a major success with this show. Everyone goes on to become like... Yeah, everyone, know? everyone. I mean, when the group... What happened was we quit MTV... Right. And we tried to go to CBS. That was a disaster. Shocking. And, <laughs> and we're at CBS play dot shit right now. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, the, what happened was uh, Les Moonves was coming into the picture then, right. so he wasn't even sure who we were. So it was right. very confusing. It was very confusing. So they let us go, and then we were in this contractual hell for a while where it's like, wait, are we working here or not, or yada, yada. And, and we all started starving, basically, right, right. while we weren't sure what was going to happen next. Right, because they would say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. And you can't book anything else. Right. They would have a hold on you, but right. they wouldn't pay you. Yeah. Hmm. So eventually the backstabbing started, and uh, three of the members of the group uh, pitched a show to Comedy Central. Without you guys. Without the rest of us, and then went on to big success with that. So What the was the show? Viva Variety. Right. No, not big success, but, but that eventually enough, yeah. led to Reno 911. Right. So anyway, there was a lot of tension and anger and upset in the group around that time. Right. Now it's water under the bridge because now we're old enough to look back and be like, well, we were starving. Everyone had to figure out something to right. do. You know what I mean? It was so almost self-preservation. And you decide. And I chose that part of my life to kind of like start drinking a hell of a lot more and to prostitute yourself and develop a uh, terrible stage fright right. and social anxiety and stopped going to you know there was a place called Luna Lounge where uh, everyone Oh really? Yeah, that yeah. was another place I couldn't get into because um and I would I remember I'd be like well I tell stories I tell stories you know and they're like you're not alternative and you I, I I'm that like is insane. they wouldn't let me do they made uh, you know I was in con it was, and it was so weird because I didn't I felt like I belonged in the comedy clubs but I wasn't fitting it like like you I was like one right a right, little removed right. because I was just trying to right wanted to be great comic you know oh my god and then I I told stories I never told like 
boom, 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 boom. And it was like, I couldn't get into either fucking click. I was so nervous the first time I performed at Luna Lounge. And the place was absolutely, it was so packed. packed that Jeffrey Ross, who was the host, couldn't get off the stage. Right. And everyone was sitting Indian style, you know, cross-legged because right. there's no chairs. Right. So there's no aisle. I blanked out in the middle of my your first paragraph of like a 10 paragraph monologue and I was so freaked out that I looked at Jeff Ross and I said I can't do this and I started to try to flee the right. theater which meant having to like step over, over everyone in the crowd to get to the door and everyone's like oh no you can do it you can do it someone grabbed my foot and I'm crowd surfing they put me back up on the stage and I was like, okay, th they're calling the shots here. So right. I did finish the monologue. And everyone thought it was great. They didn't know I was genuinely terrified. Right, <laughs> right, right. <Ugh>. So, <laughs> so. That's at, like Eight Mile. That scene where he goes up to freestyle. <laughs> I love you. So you are not making any money. No. I was starving and drunk and you know pitching stuff auditioning for stuff but just not knowing how to make it work and so, that was 12 years of that right so you develop stage fright you mm -hmm. develop you lose all your confidence mm -hmm. you kind of have a a breakdown yeah in a way absolutely and did you were a prostitute well i was actually i want to get to the prostitute the, the prostitute thing that was before the state was hired by oh, MTV. okay so that was just that was after college and before landing when you were hot 20s, when you right? were hot you're right exactly <laughs> like, when your I didn't ass even, was tight which i didn't even realize at the time right you know? yeah and and was well you have to tell me that what was you know i had a roommate who had, I, I never knew where he was getting his money. I did know that he looked like a 1950s kid in a Disney movie. Right, you know, right. like he had these like all American boy looks. Right, right. And he was, I didn't know how he was getting the rent paid. But one night I was like, oh my God, the rent's due on Monday and I don't have it. Right. And he said, listen, Kevin, a lot of people don't realize this, but prostitution can be a lot of fun. And he said, you just have to follow what I call <laughs> the seven laws of successful whoring. Okay. He had this all mapped out, and they were cute little phrases. I only remember three of them. One was um, hard to get an easy bet, which means that you're supposed to be coy and, and uh, I, I don't know, like you're, you're supposed to act like it's not going to be so right, easy. Right, that right, someone's right. got to work for you. Um Another was um, money before honey, which meant you know you yes, should you should you have get the your money cash in your first. Exactly. Yeah. And the third one I remember was uh, sweetie phone home, which meant uh, based on et phone home, right. but but it meant you should call someone before you go anywhere with a John to, to, to say them. hey here's I'm going to such and such an address. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, now there were two. At least two very popular hustler bars at that time, and Giuliani has since gotten rid of them. Right. Um, one was called The Rounds, and it was so amazing because it was right. like very David Lynch. There was literally like blue and red velvet and smoke, and right. people singing on, on a piano, and it was all old. Like everyone looked like Rush Limbaugh, like right. like old Hot. big bankers, yeah. except for the young guys. So it right. was a split between the bankers and the and the. 23-year-olds who and all look like And the bankers were Phoenix. all like married with kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, oh, my God. I got to that bar that night trying this out, and a guy who looked a lot like... Were you nervous? Oh, I was so you, nervous. What did you wear? What did you wear? Oh, I don't even remember. But okay. you know, it was all very my own private Idaho, right, right. very like grungy, you know, Kurt yeah. Cobain sort of uh, wear. So anyway, no, this guy who does look like uh, Rush Limbaugh grabs my hand. Mm -hmm. And puts it up into the light and shows it to a friend of his. And he says, look at that. Hair on the back of his hand. That means there's hair on his ass, too. And they dropped my hand and walked away. No way. I'm not kidding. Like, I was a piece of meat at the fucking butcher's. No way. <laughs> was that awesome or horrifying? It was That's fucking why I, horrifying. I don't have any hair on my ass. I don't have hair on my ass. Okay. <laughs> I never heard of that science 
So it was like, oh, I want this piece of meat. I want that cut. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. right. Oh, so yeah. did you get, did you get, were you successful that night? That night I went home with a total douchebag and I was so confused about my friend Ray's seven laws. Right. That, that, that I fucked everyone. I didn't call home. Right. I did. I was, and in the cab, I was confused about, wait, I'm supposed to have money first. What are we doing? <laughs> right. I was trying, sweetie before honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money before, uh, oh, yeah. fuck. I was, I said to him, oh, wait, we've got to negotiate the terms. And he was like, what term? Get your fucking dick out. He's trying to get right. my dick out in the cab. And I was like, no, no, wait, we haven't discussed this yet. And it turned into like a Laurel and Hardy style shoving right, match right. in the back. And finally, I just jumped out because he had proposed that we were going to do a quote unquote half session, whatever that meant, yeah. at his place for $75. I was like, wait a minute. I didn't really discuss money with right. Ray. And what the but, fuck but is I a was, half session? I, I don't know, but I was like, look. So he wanted to play with your dick, but he in didn't want. In the wa- cab, And yeah. he didn't want you to play with his dick. Oh, I don't even, I don't know what he wanted me to do with right. him. We didn't even get that far. I jumped out of that cab eventually. Right. And it was so funny. Because I screamed, I was like, I'm going to get back at him. So I yelled at him, you want to suck my cock? You can pay for it first. And I slammed the cab door. And then I was like, oh, I didn't embarrass him. There's right. like <laughs> 20 people gathered around <laughs> right. me on 6th uh, Avenue. Right, right. <laughs> Miss. Uh, <laughs> so I went back the next night. And I was like armed with more of Ray's advice and everything. And this time I met this really, really nice, normal seeming guy from Philadelphia who was married with kids and he said look we're not going to go home tonight because I can tell you're a total newbie and I don't want to make you do something that you really really don't want to do so take a night to sleep on it and if uh, the next day if on Sunday you're still maybe interested then let's let's do it so the next day Sunday I was like I still need the fucking rent you know this is turning into an epic weekend right yeah (laughs) I met him at his hotel room. We start talking, and I get really nervous. We have a six-pack. Right. And I get nervous because I don't like older men. Right, I have never right, been right. attracted to older. How old is older. he at this he time? He was probably in his late 40s. Okay. And, you know, I was about 22 or 23. Right. And we start talking. And one thing I do love is just gabbing, right. especially over alcohol. So we start drinking, and he, it comes out that he served in Vietnam. And I was like, oh, my God. oh tell me all about right. Vietnam. Oh, and I God. would not uh-huh. stop asking him about it. And eventually, it was, was just like, really awkward. He was like, yeah. let's go to bed. And I just kind of lay there. I wasn't. I didn't want to do anything. And I, and it, I just lay there, really, while right. he, he did some things to me. Um, <laughs> nice. And the next... Next morning, there was $300 in a little dish by the bed, and there was a note that says, I'm downstairs at the diner. So I came down to the diner, and he said, I don't think this is going to work. I don't think you're cut out for this. Right. And he said, and I got to tell you, you really ruined things with all the Vietnam ah! You paid your rent. <laughs> I did. That was the end. I was like, he's right. I am not cut out for right, this. Right, right. There was just something about the... It was... I, I, you know, I, I suppose I could have learned to because stomach you're not the sex. Fa- it's exactly yeah, it's like the, the thing with you being exactly, in that group. It's, exactly, you, you gotta play a part, yeah. and you can't do it. I yeah. know, I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. Wow. There's, you've got to be a little bit of a con artist, really. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I can't. I couldn't live with myself. All right, you have to leave, and we're not even halfway done. Oh my god, part two. Part so, two. Uh, part two. we have to do a part two. Yeah, like, no, like that would be awesome. Week. I would love that. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right, <laughs> okay. but, um, I'll email you Friday. Awesome. Maybe. I mean, uh, fuck, I'm so into this conversation. I know. Keep telling uh, us about Vietnam. I know, right? <laughs> um, should we? We'll ask one of the two questions. Okay. 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 Oh. Okay. All right. Let's ask we'll the ask, first one, right? Yeah. A, um, are you? Have you ever been on antidepressants? I say yes. I say yes, yes, I have. I am not now. Now I'm doing something now, which is okay. very controversial. What? I got off of antidepressants about a year and a half what ago. What were you on? I was on Cymbalta, which, my God, that's, I have to warn you, that can give you severe vertigo. Oh, I've been on every fucking drug. Have you? Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, for me, that that one did not work. Um, right. But I was also on Wellbutrin, which yes, seemed, which seemed to work just fine. That's one of mine. Yeah. 
Um, no, I went off of antidepressants because I had been on them for years and years and years. But then several months ago, I maybe maybe about eight months ago, I switched to what they call microdosing. Right. Which is where you take a tab of LSD. And, oh, yes. I read about yeah, this. You, it's you, supposed to be amazing. You have to measure out very, very specifically right. to make sure you're only taking about a sixth of the right. tab once every three days. People also do this with cybacillin. Yes, with mushrooms as well. Right, right. D- depending on what, I don't know. Cybacillin. You yeah. are obsessed <laughs> with me Cybacillin. Yeah, go ahead. There was a whole article in the Times a f- couple weeks ago about this. Okay. It's been, it has been good for me. What it, On days that I dose, like yesterday was one of those days, I will feel um, like like I've got extra energy, focus, like I'm more just up and interested in life. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like, I don't know, generally, the dose days are good days. The next two days, I don't know that I notice all that much specifically, like you have to take two days off so that you don't develop a, a tolerance right. for it. Um and I guess overall, people are like, well, how has it been overall in comparison to antidepressants? And I'm like, well, it's hard to say because in the middle of this period of my taking this stuff, Trump was elected. I know, right? It's like destroyed. <laughs> that could give you a weird trip. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so how did you get into the microdosing? It was actually... Um, I, I read a bunch of articles. There were there were people of shared stories. There's a fellow who shared a story on risk about how he got over severe, what do they call it? obsessive compulsive yes. disorder with a huge mushroom trip. Uh, we haven't run that on the podcast yet, but uh, but yeah. So I started reading up a little bit more about this, and I was like. Well, that sounds really interesting. And I remembered having very positive experiences with hallucinogens when I was in college. Mm-hmm. But it had been a long time. Right. So, yeah, so far, How did so you get good. off the other stuff? Uh, just gradually with both of them. As, and as did you much with it do, under a doctor's care? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the the Cymbalta um, was the harder one. Yeah, and that of. also is a painkiller. So I was on that because I have arthritis oh. and he, you know and they put me on that but that was not good yeah uh yeah i was dizzy and like yeah you know, bad yeah um wow i want to yeah. hear more about this uh micro dose <laughs> can you function on the micro dose day oh absolutely yeah yeah like i even want to like exercise and shit like wow that. Yeah. <laughs> it just clears out your neural pathways i think so yeah i think it open opens things up for you a bit yeah definitely all right. Wow. I can't wait to talk. Can we, this is part one. I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah, we'll you be in promise? Because we're yeah, not even absolutely. half, I'm not even done talking to oh, you. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> oh, you know what? Kevin was like, maybe you want to remind Judy of who I am. Maybe she doesn't know who I am. I did your she fucking did, show. She did my show once, but who knows? I was like, dude, yeah. I mean, Shut the fuck up. You were in the She's last laugh, too, yes, right? Yes, That's yes, phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, Thank you. Love that. I they taped way more than they used, but whatever. Yeah. Um, thank you, Kevin Allison. Thank Where you. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find my podcast at risk-show.com or wherever podcasts right. are. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Kevin Allison. And uh, he was just on Keith and the Girl. Yeah. And you were fantastic. Oh, and you can you. still hear that episode. No, um, we don't up. do the Keith and the Girl here. Well, it's their 12-year anniversary today. Oh, happy anniversary. <laughs> um, how come I'm not on it? You can be on it anytime. Okay. They have a marathon coming up. Yes, uh, I said I would do that. You should drop by. I will. Okay. Um, Keith, I'm not kidding. We can't. <laughs> I'm Kevin. I mean, Kevin. <laughs> that was oh, my Keith fault. Keith and the girl. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> Sorry. Kevin. She calls me girl all the time. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just fucking it. Oh, I hate you today. <laughs> no, you um, do. Pr- promise me, Kevin. Definitely. All right. Um... Thank you, Kev. And we haven't done what pisses you off yet. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, This is part one of Kevin Allison. Uh, I'm Judy Gold. I am the host, owner of this (laughs) podcast. You're not. No arguments here. I am the masochist. Yes. Um, Thank you all for listening. And as we always say, so long. Uh, everything was wonderful. 
Assim, é só um... Sai aqui fazer o desejo. É um homem.